0: Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code The Athletic and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,50 first bet offer on your first wager.
1: Hey, tour the world is me, yours truly. Well, it's two days before the season starts, and that means fantasy football. And I got to admit, I could use a little advice uh, with my team. Uh, The best advice I had ever gotten uh, was from a guy named Ivan. He's the guy who started me playing fantasy football. Years ago, I was a little apprehensive about uh, running one of my top running backs uh, because he was going against the top run defense. And he said to me, he says, Juice, um, what did you do? When you were playing against the Steel Curtain-Pittsburgh or uh, the No-Dame defense in Miami, what kind of games did you have? I said, well, we didn't beat them a lot, but I had some big games against them, 190-yard games uh, against both those teams. I ran for over 200-yard games. and I remember on the Thanksgiving, I ran for uh, uh, a little over 270 yards against the number one run defense in the league. He says, well, and that hit home. Ever since then, my philosophy is always run your studs. That's why I'm going to run Ezekiel Elliott, even though he's going against a top uh, run defense in Tampa, and uh, he's going to be doing it without his best offensive lineman, Martin. Hey, take care, wear your mask, get your shots. Good luck. The only thing else I got to say is how about them Cowboys? Yeah! How about them Cowboys indeed.
2: Okay, it's game week. Welcome back in to the Athletic Podcast Network. Kent Garrison here, producing and running things behind the scenes. And I've assembled a great panel for today's episode. But first, this podcast is brought to you by DirecTV Stream. Get your TV together with the best of live and on demand. Learn more about DirecTV Stream at directtv.com. Welcoming in a stellar crew to preview this game for you. But before we do that... I want to say to our listener to maybe subscribe to our YouTube channel because we're going to be doing some live streaming after the games this year and maybe randomly during the week as well. Also, subscribe to The Athletic, theathletic.com, slash cowboys. get that discount. Make sure you lock it in for Father John Mishota's and Bob Sturm's Cowboys coverage all season long as well as all our incredible NFL coverage of The Athletic and our coverage across every major sport. That pretty much exists. So do that. TheAthletic.com slash About Them Cowboys. Get that discount and get it secured for the season. Uh, but it's time to talk bucks. So to do so, we will welcome in a panel. Of uh, First, welcome back to the show. Dalton Miller.
3: Hey, Dalton. Thanks for having me, man. I, honestly, I, I'm really upset I missed the last episode that yeah. I was supposed to be on because it sounded like a whole lot of fun. But thank you for having me back.
2: <laughs> yeah, the Roster Tears episode went over, uh, I guess, how we expected to on social media. But yeah, when when I had that idea for the episode, you were the first person I thought of. I was disappointed you couldn't make it. But uh, I promised you, you would be back soon. And here you are. Excited to have you. And of course, we're welcoming back, from The Athletic and the Ticket, Saad Yusuf. From The Eagle, your host with the most, Kevin KT Turner. And from The Athletic, Father John Michauda. Boys, welcome back in. It's game time.
4: Yeah, I hope everyone's ready to go because it's happening. It's here. Um, And, you know, you get a road game against the Super Bowl champs. Nobody said it was going to be easy. Nobody said that. Um, John, let's start with you. You know, Jerry, yesterday with the national comments about Zach Martin possibly playing, and then Mike McCarthy sounded like he became uh, uh, infatuated with using the word timeline and protocol. Uh, regarding Zach Martin today, what can you tell us about the percentage chance or the potential of Zach Martin pulling off a miracle and testing uh, negative twice so he can play on Thursday night?
5: Not good at all. And I don't know why the door isn't just shut on this, but I, actually, I take that back. I do know why uh, I was out at the stadium <laughs> today for them opening this uh, Miller lighthouse, which is basically like a uh, tailgate type place outside at and Stadium. And Jerry was there and Stephen were there. And obviously, that this was a popular topic with them, and it just seems like Jerry is just going to do anything possible to like kind of extend this deadline and somehow, some way, get these two negative tests. And it just doesn't make a lot of sense how it can happen because of the fact that I mean, Zach Martin has has symptoms. You know, like it just—it's not. I mean, give somebody. I guess you're going to give somebody thirty tests and then hope, hope like one of them comes back negative. I mean, it just it, it. it's never seemed likely from the point when Mike McCarthy told us on Sunday that basically Mike McCarthy ruled him out and said that Zach, we weren't going to have Zach Martin on, on Thursday. And then Jerry doesn't want to close the door on anything, so he's trying to keep it open. But, I mean, if you're a Cowboys fan, don't expect Zach Martin to be out there playing. I mean, they're going to do everything in their power if it's possible for him to pass these two tests in 24 hours apart. I mean, yeah, they're going to do anything they can. And, and obviously, Zach Martin has not practiced this week. And putting him out there against this <laughs> – This defensive line, which is just, that's a, well, I'm sure we'll get into it. just does not seem like a good idea. But, you know, I understand where the Cowboys are coming from. They'd rather have a 70% Zach Martin than anybody else playing right guard for them. Uh, But I, yeah, don't, as much as you hear from Jerry, don't, don't, don't expect Zach Martin to be playing on Thursday night because it is, I mean, I don't even think there's a 1% chance.
4: Wow. Yeah. Well, I mean, like I was thinking, is he just going to have to live with a COVID stick in his nose the next two days? Like, how is it even possible to even...
5: I don't know, and this is not something you should it. really be messing around with, you know, like... <laughs> I, yeah, wa- I right. wanted to share some of the jokes that we made at, at work, but I don't think I should do it because it's not appropriate. But like, this isn't something to mess around with. Like, this is someone's health. Like, this, you can't be going to find doctors that are going to, you know, you remember that, like, Jason Witten, like, he's going to go find this doctor that's going to clear Jason Witten to, to be able to play and stuff <laughs> like that. Like, you can't do it with this. This isn't uh, an ankle injury where you're like, Jim, wrap this thing up a little bit tighter than it was. You know, like, this is COVID. Like, he has symptoms. Like, I don't know that you want to be pushing somebody. Keep in mind here. That's not like this is the first case. There's players on other teams and there's plenty of players in the Cowboys that have had COVID. And they even say after even after mild symptoms, it still takes them a few days, even after that, before they start feeling right again, some don't even feel right for much longer than that. So it just seems like your best case scenario is to not play Zach Martin week one, let him get over this and, and get as healthy as possible and and have him back for week two. I mean, it just forcing him out there doesn't make much sense to me. And frankly, I don't think they're winning the game with Zach Martin or without him. So, I don't know. It's not that it's not that tough of a decision. This isn't win the game and you go to the playoffs.
4: Where are you at on that side? We have like an eight-and-a-half point line. or I think the line's up to eight, sorry. Uh, obviously, there's many lines, but eight. It's one of the biggest week one spreads of the week. Where are you at on the, the Cowboys' chances Thursday night?
6: Yeah, I mean, like John said, with or without Zach Martin, I don't feel great about it. Honestly, my first reaction when I saw that this morning about them, like, all of a sudden not ruling him out was I don't know like Zach Martin's a good enough player, a good enough talent to where I don't know if you just hang it up in like hang it into balance that it affects anything in terms of game plan that the that the Bucks will be able to do. Like like you know, do you have to prepare? Like, you know, if if CeeDee Lamb wasn't going to play or was going to play, you play a different kind of defense. That kind of thing. Um I don't know if like, you know, Tampa Bay has to have like a Zach Martin plan versus a non-Zach Martin plan, but that's the first thing that came to my mind. But I'm with John. I don't think you 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 know roll this out, especially with the way that the NFL policies are uh, this year. If if you know if they're irresponsible with this, then they're going to be screwed. They might have to forfeit games, salaries could be forfeited, whatever the case may be. So um, I, I think you definitely have to take it safe here.
4: So the fill-in for Zach Martin will be Connor McGovern. Uh, Dalton, what what have you seen from Connor McGovern? I know we haven't had a lot of time with him, but what are your kind of thoughts on him and his potential to kind of maybe be talked about a little more as a guy? If maybe Connor Williams isn't getting the job done, or if even Tyler Biotish isn't getting the job done, what are your kind of thoughts on Connor McGovern?
3: Yeah, well, correct me if I'm wrong. I, I think that they said he looked better on the right side than he does the left side. And I know that people might scoff at that, but that's a legitimate thing. It, your, your steps, your your strikes are different on opposite sides of the offensive line and then for all of the positions as well. With McGovern, I, I really thought that we were going to see him as kind of the, the backup center guard swing guy. Um, and then it turns out, you know, Connor Williams kind of took those snaps at backup center and kind of made us all question if we were all sane because there was no reason to put Connor Williams in there at center. He was terrible at snapping the football. I mean, other than that, he, he looked good, but for, for Connor McGovern, man, I, I really thought that he was going to come in, be the swing guy and be somebody at guard who could fill in and fill in admirably. Um You just wish that it would have been for Connor Williams instead of Zach Martin, especially against a team like this. And, and I expect, Connor McGovern to be a replacement level or a little bit better than replacement level. I liked his tape coming out of Penn state, but when you're going up against Vita Vea and Indomitian Sue and, you know, Sue can't do it for a full season anymore, but Vita Vea is one of the four or five biggest physical freaks in the NFL. And that's something that, you know, even if Zach Martin is able to play, if he is showing symptoms, he's not going to be hundred percent. And that power is, is not something that I want Zach Martin at 70% having to anchor against. And it's not something that I really want to see from Connor McGovern at 100%. It's going to be a struggle for this interior offensive line. Um, you have young guys at center, you have Connor Williams, who is a, a good player, but I think that right side and that center spot is really going to be a struggle for the Cowboys on, on Thursday night.
5: Like if they want to get their five best offensive linemen on the field, Connor McGovern is one of their five best offensive linemen. He's better than he's a better offensive lineman than Tyler Beaudisch. That's one of the reasons why they they kept working this Connor Williams thing in there. Because probably
3: why is he not starting at center? that that's what the struggle that I have because Connor McGovern played center at Penn State. I don't get why they won't put I, him out there.
5: And 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 I don't get that either. And that's a great point. But this is also a coach that told us that we're not playing fantasy football when asked about Zach Martin being right tackle. And then later on Zach Martin was a right tackle for them. Uh, much <laughs> like now Connor McGovern is the third team center. And it's like, shouldn't this have been worked on instead of, instead of giving those third team reps to to uh, uh, Matt uh, Farniak, like why, why were you doing, why, why weren't you doing this out in Oxnard? Like why all of a sudden is this here? I mean, Connor McGovern played a full season at center for, for Penn State. It might have even been longer than that. But I, I I don't understand it, but I'm just saying this uh, to make the point that if there was a guy that they were going to have fill in, this is probably their best backup. I mean, they're better off with he fills in better at guard than Ty Niseki fill, fills in or Terrence Steele or Brandon Knight fill in or did fill in even last year at tackle. So nowhere near Zach Martin, and yeah. this is still – with Zach Martin or not, you're going against the best run defense from a year ago that didn't even have Vitavea the entire season. Uh, I mean, this is just such a bad matchup to begin with. And as Zeke pointed out the other day, like a lot of their big runs come from behind Zach Martin and you already weren't going to run against this team. So I think Connor McGovern can hold up and be fine, but your game plan has to change a lot. I mean, to the point where I don't see how you can run early in the game. Like, I I think you're going to have to pass to open up the run. I don't think you're going to be able to hammer Zeke right out the beginning, and, and maybe ease Dak in like they, like in a perfect world they would like to. I, I mean, if, if Mike McCarthy could pick their opponent for week one, he would find the worst rushing defense so that they could ease Dak in by running the ball a lot with Zeke and then letting Dak kind of pick up from there. But I don't think you can do that against this team. I think Dak has come out throwing right from the, right from the get.
6: And also, I think that you have to you have to probably be playing with four skill positions. You either got to keep a tight end in, or you have to keep or you have to keep Zeke in to help pass protect, even when you are throwing the ball. Because, you know, like we've talked about it before, Dak hasn't had live action since last October. So, you know, just in terms of, and, and this is not a guy who necessarily it, like he has mobility, but he's a pocket passer. So you want a clean pocket for him, and whether that means. Lyle Collins has to chip inside and a tight end has to be at the end to help on the edge, or Zeke just straight up helps in the middle. You don't want to have Dak be uncomfortable even when you are throwing the ball.
4: It's always fun being on national TV, you know, on the on the opening night of NFL. You know, there's a big Ed shearing concert before you guys get the game going. But, man, this is not an ideal matchup at all for many, a multitude of reasons, obviously this being the Super Bowl champs. But what you're talking about, missing Zach Martin, also the fact that you're getting this team when they're healthy. And you at least, like, roll the dice, like, maybe I will get Tampa Bay in, you know, week six or whatever. uh, And they have uh, maybe a couple injuries. And you can maybe benefit. Now, you're pretty healthy as well outside of Zach Martin not playing. But for the most part, you're pretty healthy as well. But still, I think, like, they got – the thing about Tampa Bay that's so confounding to me is – that team last year was not the clear favorite that they are today until like December last year. They were seven and five. They were fighting for position in their own division uh, and in the NFC. And then they ran the table and it's impressive what they've done. And then the fact that they brought everyone back and then all of a sudden it's like, well, they're the kind of the clear favorites in the NFL this year. Uh, if not, they're one, two, or the third favorite. Like they're definitely like that. I was like, man, it took them a long time to figure it out. But man, if there's any team that I, I'm not expecting the whole like you know Super Bowl hangover, all that type of stuff, I'm not expecting that at all. They'll be ready to go. And quite frankly, they match up really well against the Cowboys. Outside of I think the Cowboys' wide receivers on their cornerbacks, I feel like there's a little advantage for the Cowboys, and it'll be like that against most teams. Outside of that, it's real hard to find an advantage that the Cowboys have on Tampa Bay.
6: Yeah, but also I, with those receivers, by the way, like you talk, I, like you said, KT, most that's going to be a mismatch that favors the Cowboys most weeks. But these defensive backs go against Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and Antonio Brown every day in practice. Like you know, if any team is prepared to go against a, a threesome um, that the Cowboys have, it's probably Tampa Bay.
4: Yeah no no I I agree and I think Carlton Davis I think is turning into a really good cornerback. He was someone that's kind of a little skeptical of out of college. He's kind of turning into a good cornerback. But yeah, I mean it's the same thing. Like are our are the Cowboys' corner going to cover, you know, the Buccaneers' cornerbacks? Well, look, these are these are two of the top five wide receiver groups in, in the NFL. But you start going across the board, just looking at everything, and it's like. Yeah, man, Zeke's a better player than, uh, you know, Ronald Jones or, or Leonard Fournette. Yeah, I'll give you that. Okay, maybe advantage Cowboys there. No, their run defense kind of can- uh, cancels out everything. Their ability to get to the passer w- with everyone they have, whether it be JPP, whether it be Shaq Barrett, whether it be Devin White on blitzes, whether it be rookie Joe Tryon from Washington, who I think was is really awesome and. On draft day, when they picked him, I was like, oh, God, they didn't. Oh, they took a good player again. Like, I don't no, what, want the Bucks to be good. It's not fun when the Bucks are good.
5: What about the possibility that they haven't even played their best ball yet? I mean, they started peaking at the right time last year, and now you yeah. have a full offseason with Tom Brady. They might be even better because here's the thing. Like, I think they have a perfect, like, combination of older guys and, like, young talent, particularly on defense. Now... Tom Brady makes it go don't get me wrong I mean they need Tom Brady uh to be the quarterback but man I just think to return all 22 starters being the first Super Bowl defending Super Bowl champion to do that like I don't know I'm not saying that I'm, I'm I would just pencil them in and bet all your money on them winning Super Bowl again but I don't see them laying an egg and having some like letdown season like this team this team might still not have played its best ball yet And Ed Sheeran's doing the pregame.
3: Well, they bring back they bring <laughs> back forty three of their fifty three guys from their roster last year from the Super Bowl too. So it's not just the the twenty two starters that they bring back, but a, a ton of the other roster as well. Uh, you know, for for me, man, it, it's it, it's not a great matchup. It, it, it really isn't. That that team is good, but Tom Brady and the Patriots, when he played for the Patriots, they started off slow quite a bit. And I'm wondering if that's a Brady thing, if that's a Belichick Patriots thing. But they started out slow again last year, and I know that they had the the quick offseason. Tom Brady wasn't around for all of it. It took him some time to get the offense uh, down a little bit. I'm just wondering if they could start off slow again this year and then work their way back up to it. Because if it's a Tom Brady-led team, I don't really care how the regular season goes. And I think that they can kind of walk away with the division this year. They might start off a little bit slow and work their way back up to playing that better ball as the playoffs roll on.
4: Well, also another thing I want to add is is I think that's an interesting point, too. It's weird to think that a 44-year-old guy and then you kind of go, well, your tenure here is kind of early in the game. But one connection that I was looking at, and it may not matter because personnel generally matters more than coaching in my eyes, but this Dan Quinn thing has been talked about a lot, and I think we need to cover it. Here's Dan Quinn's – well, Dan Quinn, when when did he get let go by uh by Atlanta last year? Because Atlanta played Tampa Bay December 20th and January 3rd. Oh, he was, yeah, was out for uh, that. He was so out. So he was so he was gone. So you can't really can't really read anything to that. Just keep in mind that Tampa Bay had 31 44 points on Atlanta, but everyone was scoring and, on Atlanta. Yeah, I was going to say the Falcons defense was worse than the Cowboys last year. Which is crazy to think that that could even be a possibility, but it absolutely is. Another thing, I, I don't even know like where to even start with with Tom Brady. Like there was a little bit of a bump. Like, look, it sounds generic. Football guy, you get pressure on him. I thought the Oso Digizua comments about him being mobile. I thought it was great. Like I love that stuff. Even if it's like, dude, even if Oso Digizua learns a lesson from this, I love it. I think it's great. And I I love the Tom Brady reverse psychology thing that I think he's doing right now. He's been bitching about this all all year. He was bitching about this in the offseason, but even still talking about the number changes and how that's an advantage for the Cowboys. And I'm like, don't fall for that stuff, guys. He's just playing head games right now. Don't fall for that stuff right now. But I, I think that type of stuff is really fun, too. Uh, I just think that years. everybody
5: knows that he's not mobile. He hasn't been mobile forever, yeah. so he wasn't mobile at Michigan. So everybody's known that, and it obviously doesn't work. He's also another thing about him: he's five and zero against the Cowboys, and I think he's four and one against McCarthy. He's four and two against the Packers. I think he might even be four and zero against. Right? I don't know. You would probably know better than me, KT. But he's had a lot of success against Mike McCarthy too. So uh, yeah, everyone can say that. That's what you do. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Double double team Calvin Johnson. Cool. He still catches balls all over you. It Doesn't matter. Like you can say that all you want. That doesn't mean. I mean, Rod Marinelli used to sit there and do those, have those drawings up on the big board of like, you know, like Aaron Rodgers in a well about keeping him in a well. Cool. And they and they were never able to keep him in a well. You know. And, I mean, <laughs> I, and that can be your game plan all you want. It's way easier said than done.
6: And it's also when you when you play a quarterback like Tom Brady, I, like at the end of the day, it's about talent. Like regardless of of whether you do it or not, because it's not like. He can do this stuff alone. That's not the same thing as like trash talking Michael Jordan and Mm -hmm. like you know he goes out there and he can do some stuff by himself. Like at the end of the day, you know Tom Brady has to like if an offensive line. It doesn't matter what the Giants in 2007 would have said about Tom Brady like that they weren't going to stop that that defensive line. So um, I think regardless of whether you know Osa says anything or not, it's it's the, the Cowboys don't have the horses to
5: do it. Hey, no one's talking about this, but how wild would it be if Demarcus Lawrence and Randy Gregory and Micah Parsons combined for, like, they sacked Tom Brady five times? You know how nuts it would be <laughs> the day after, like, talking about, like, what they might have and Dan Quinn and all this. Like, I don't expect it to happen, but to your point earlier about, you know, Tom Brady not maybe not having the best, like, opening weeks, could you just imagine? Because I think everybody, or at least rational Cowboys fans, are kind of looking at it like, yeah, this is probably a loss, but you know what, and it's cool because it's the first game of the season. But could you just imagine if that pass rush is like what we would think is like the ceiling week one? It would just, it would
0: be wild. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right.
2: Here's a here's a you might remember this, KT. That um Brady's best game against the Packers was Mike McCarthy's Jeez. inaugural season. Uh Is that 35 first game nothing? Against Brady. it was um thirty five Green Bay it, it could've Green Bay was either gonna be five and five or four and six after this game, and they were in they were four and six <laughs> after this game. Oh no. Um so I th- I think maybe Mike McCarthy has some uh Brady was uh twenty for thirty one. Two hundred and forty-four yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions in the game. Yikes!
3: So uh, also with Tom Brady, we talk so much about how he's immobile, but we when we were going through and we were comping people to Joe Burrow, you got Tom Brady and Tony Romo a lot because Tom Brady that was weird. Because Tom Brady is so good at avoiding rushers. That first rusher, he's so good at being able to manipulate the pocket and find throwing hallways. And you don't need to be mobile if you're able to make that first guy miss most of the time.
6: And there's also a difference in mobility, what Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson is, versus in-pocket mobility, which is a completely different thing. Like You look at Tom Brady, and and I remember a a few years ago, I I did this with Dak when I was doing a film study on, on The Athletic where if you look at the way Brady dips his shoulders or moves moves his feet and stuff like these fundamentals that quarterbacks do it's a whole different kind of mobility yep. because we just get so obsessed with okay like mobile is Michael Vick and that's just that's one element that's not all
4: of it but yeah. there was a drop off in a couple of things though when he was blitzed last year and uh, blitzed and and pressured and then this may just be like how it is, but some quarterbacks do kill the blitz a little bit. Like his the, the numbers, their expected points was down. You know, like so. I mean, like that that was a recipe for success is sending more rushers, which I think we will see with Dan Quinn. I'm ho- I hope we see that, and and you know just getting pressure on him. And also, he would just torch you if you're in man coverage, but in zone coverage, he was a mediocre quarterback. So like there's some things there's some things that you have there to kind of work with based off last year's trends. In the end, Tom Brady's seen every coverage there is to see. Yeah. He knows every matchup. Like he's probably going to get you. Like you know that. But there are some things you can do. And if the thing that sucks too is the Tampa Bay's got a really good offensive line. So it's like, I'd be great yeah. if they had a bad offensive line. Maybe we got a chance to actually get a lot of pressure. I mean, they've got a pretty good offensive line. They're pretty solid. So. Yeah. I, I, I don't I'm not trying to be negative. I, I still think there's a chance the Cowboys can go and get in shootout mode and, and find a way to, to pull it out, but Yeah, know, and there's
5: I, and there's also a chance that Tom Brady plays bad and the Bucks still win because their defense is awesome. Like their man. defense Yeah, their defense shut down Patrick Mahomes. Tom Brady didn't play well at all in Green Bay and they still won that game. Like there's also that possibility too that you're just like, Oh, we, we kept Brady in check and they kept our offense to seventeen points, you know? I mean and to be honest with you, like eight points on a spread, like for a Cowboys opener, a how many lot. Cowboys fans bet on games? Like eight, eight is to me was like, that might as well be like 10 or 11 in, in, in being realistic with Cowboys fans. Like, how many Cowboys fans want to bet on the Cowboys and opener, regardless of what the spread is? To have it down to eight, like, I, that told me that's probably realistically like closer to double digits. And that's a lot for a Dallas Cowboys team that is pretty talented on paper. And, yeah. And, 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 and
6: also, Tom Brady, even if he has a bad game and. Before you even go over to the defense, don't forget Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette both really good as well. Like I think they could they could literally run the ball into into submission to the Cowboys as well.
3: Yeah, the not getting interior pressure on Tom Brady is what's really going to bother me with this Cowboys team. I think you need to get pressure from the interior to really bother Brady, and I just don't I don't have any faith that the Cowboys defensive tackles can do it. Now, if you're going to double mug at the A gap, if you're going to have you know, Micah Parsons blitzing off of the center. Maybe you can get a little bit of interior pressure, but I, I don't have a good feeling about that. that I'm glad sucks. you, I'm glad
5: you mentioned that. Cause that's, that's one of the big storylines obviously going to this game is Micah Parsons, how he's going to be this chess piece, like throughout the, all. I mean, I, and I think he will be, but it's like Tom Brady is going to be ready for every single scenario yeah. that he comes at. and And it's like, we know that they're that they're weak at defensive tackle. Tom Brady knows they're, they're weak at defensive tackle, so I'm sure that they've been preparing a ton for those. Because hey, don't get me wrong. You watch in the preseason, you're out in Oxnard, you see these plays where all of a sudden Micah Parsons moves up right on top of the center, and 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 you don't know if he's coming or you don't know if he's dropping back. And we even seen times where he like obliterated centers, and you're just like, whoa, this is gonna be. An... But you can't do that on every down. Like that's yeah. gotta be a kind of a mix or match thing. And I just feel like. I feel like he's going to creep up there, and Tom Brady is going to be just so calm about it. He's going to adjust the play to something else, and they're going to do some type of like short little dump pass across the middle that's going to go for like thirty or forty yards because they're because Micah Parsons isn't there. Like there's just nothing he's not going to be ready for.
4: Yeah, it's very frustrating to the amount of weapons that can run at, at you too at tight end as well. I mean, when Cameron Brate, your third tight end. Like you're kind of like, well, I know he doesn't even do much anymore, but man, at one time he's a really good player. You got OJ Howard still in the mix, and then Gronk is whatever Gronk is at this point. He's really just kind of a hangout party guy, and then he'll post up a couple times, hey, it, hey real quick. But you, but you got Gronk when he's healthy, and that's not fun, or at least as healthy as he'll be all year long. That's today. That's Thursday night. So kind Here, of a bummer.
5: Here's here's another thing that that nobody's really talking about. Like I've heard a lot. lot talk about the first two games and how this isn't a great, easy way to start the schedule for the Cowboys because, you know, you're over playing in Tampa. Then the next week you go over to L.A. and play a young up-and-coming Chargers team with a really good young quarterback. And all I keep thinking about is how about if both of those are kind of like home games? How embarrassing would it be in Tampa if there are a ton of Cowboys fans there and and they're hanging the banner thing? Bruce Arians said today that they've practiced with crowd noise just in case that that happens, because I'm telling you that will happen in L.A., because it's not like there's Chargers fans anymore. Like Chargers fans that liked them in San Diego, they're mad at them. It's not like there's new L.A. Chargers fans that are going to be like, no, I'm going to pay a lot of money for their ticket. Like there's going to be a lot of Cowboys fans there. And and when I heard Bruce Arians say that, I was just like, what if this thing is like. 30, 40% 30, 40% Cowboys fans on a date because it's not like the Bucks. like the Bucks have fans and they're going to have more right now because they obviously are coming up Super Bowl and they have Tom Brady, but like Cowboys fans are everywhere. I could just see that them like, all of a sudden you go out there thinking like, this is just going to, and then you got to deal with the crowd. They're going to be pumped because they just want to Super Bowl. It's like, and Ed Sheeran's playing. No. And all of a sudden it's like half Cowboys fans there. It still won't matter. They're still losing the game. I just want to throw it out there. Sorry.
4: John's already uh, revealed his picks uh right there uh Now also I can think like Tampa Bay the one thing that could take them the Cowboys need this too. the Cowboys have to have it otherwise they likely don't well I mean I still think they win the division. I still take a lot for the Cowboys to not to win the division that's me um but the, the injury luck that the Bucks had last year was incredible. I mean their offensive line missed four games total. The yep. Cowboys are already going to miss one like on opening night now. Like they had the second best injury luck in all of football last year. The Cowboys What about COVID? Need that.
5: They haven't really had any COVID issues and they're in a state that's that's and been a hotbed for too.
3: And they're 100% vaccinated now.
5: Yeah, yeah
4: their coach is going to make them get vaccinated too. He put well, his foot down on that. Steve, and
5: like Stephen Jones said today that they're they're now to a point where there's only 3 players left on the roster that are not vaccinated at all. So that includes the practice squad. So 16 on the practice squad, 53 on, on, on. So there's three players left that and everybody else is either fully vaccinated or they're in the pipeline as in having gotten the first shot and they're waiting to get the second one. So it's down to three players. And so I those guess that's three, a good thing. But
4: Those three guys, have, it's really none of our business, but those three guys have to be big name guys. because I would feel, Yes, I would feel strongly about that. If you're not your practice squad guy, I do not going to be squad. hanging yeah. around. Highly I don't think it's a practice
5: that. squad and I highly doubt it's it's any like guys that aren't going to I would I would feel confident saying that it's guys that will be getting snaps week 1.
3: Heavily rotated in at least.
5: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
4: Do you guys think the Bucks are the best team in the NFC? Yes. In the
3: in the NFC, nope. yeah. Pretty close. So we'll yeah, I mean.
2: Hard to argue no, against I them at the this Chiefs point, right?
3: Oh. Yeah. Yes. I I those two those two drives against Minnesota were just so easy for a healthy Patrick Mahomes, and uh, an offensive line that I think got better from last year. I think the Chiefs are are the better team still. And I think the Chiefs win that game if Patrick Mahomes is healthy.
4: We yeah. may be staring down the barrel of Mahomes versus Brady three years in a row.
6: Yeah, I, I just also I just also wouldn't really rule out Green Bay. I, I know the talent is is what it is, but I just think when when Aaron Rodgers is, is as ticked off as he is and as talented as he is, like, you know, I, I, know, the, I know the roster talent top to bottom, there's a lot of disparity there, but I, I like Green Bay a lot too.
3: That's my Super Bowl pick.
4: Yeah. Packers-Chiefs? No, Packers-Bills. Packers-Bills?
5: Tough, to tough
3: to get back there three years in a row if you're the Chiefs. It's tough.
5: Oh, we're going back-to-back, same Super Bowl as last year. Ooh. Chiefs. Chiefs-Bucks. And I and I like the I like the Chiefs too. I mean, it's a, it would be a coin flip to me. I mean, even yeah. with Patrick Mahomes didn't have his start, both either of his starting tackles, he obviously wasn't healthy, and he still threw three crazy passes that guys could easily be caught, and it might have changed that complete game as bad okay. as they looked. I mean, because here, you know, like Saad mentioned earlier about their DBs in in Tampa, like if you would have given Patrick Mahomes a little bit of time and stuff like that, like he probably could have exploited some stuff. Now, obviously. You know, their front seven is, is great. And then and adding in, like you said, Joe Tryon, that, that factors in, too, where you can be a little bit weaker on the back end. But, um, yeah, I mean, I I put it this way. Like, Patrick Mahomes is the best player in the NFL, so he's always going to give you a chance. So it's hard for me to bet against them, and I'm sure that they're a little pissed off that they fell short. I think that they feel they're the best team in the NFL, and so, uh, you know, they're going to be very motivated. So, yeah, that would probably be my pick. Either either the, either them or, or, or the It'll either be those two teams or it'll be Lions-Raiders. No,
4: I'm kidding. Oh, my God. Lions and Raiders would be insane. God, that'd be lit. I'd buy tickets to that one. Biting kneecap. Um, Sod, what, what's your pick, Sod? Just if, while we're having fun and we're off this course, let's finish it off. I want you and Kent to tell me who you think is going to be in the Super Bowl.
6: Uh, I mean, I, I definitely have the Chiefs coming out of the AFC, although I do think Buffalo will go. I'm, I'm going to go Chiefs-Packers.
4: Okay. Uh, Kent? Yeah, I
2: think I had a, our preseason or our schedule when we talked about this. I think I had the Rams, and I think I'm I think I'm still on that on that train. I think Matthew Stafford gives them a bump, so I'm going like Rams that. Chiefs. I like that.
6: That will finally that will give Lions fans something to cheer for. Yeah, finally. there you go.
4: I mine is Packers Chiefs, um, and it's that because I I do think the injury thing, like I think regression. I don't know how much I I believe in that in football. Like, oh, just because you had this many turnovers this year means you're going to have less next year. I don't know if I believe that all the time, but with injury luck, I absolutely do believe in that. Like, I don't think what happened to San Francisco last year where everyone got hurt will happen to them again. Unless you're the Chargers. Unless you're the Chargers. Of course, the Chargers are way different. The Chargers are cursed, and we know that. Like, it's a whole different thing there. But, like, I think the Bucs, the same thing. Like, that... I don't think it'll happen to the Cowboys again. Like I don't think the Cowboys have the bad injury like they had last year. Yeah. Uh, but it could happen, obviously. So I right, so just kind of lost. What, what,
5: what makes you think yeah. that though? That, that Lyle I, next stinger thing doesn't have you kind well, of thinking here we go again?
4: Yeah, well, no, it absolutely does. And I'm glad you said that because that's where I wanted to go next. How close to 100 percent do you think Lyle is?
5: Not close. I mean, I no. don't know. What would you say is what would you say is close? Does it have to be like 80 percent or better? I don't think he's, I don't think he's, I, mean, I think he's probably 75, 80%, but you know what? And you know what? Actually, I take that back. He might be a little bit higher, but it's the, is he going to stay at that percentage the entire game? And like, what is he in kind the fourth of lurking, quarter? Right. Right.
3: Like right. I haven't felt good about him since day one of camp last year. When I first saw him at camp last year, I just, I haven't felt good since. And I know he was working out with Dak in the offseason. I know that those guys are close, but just kind of is turning into hurt guy. And I I finally kind of feel good about Tyron. He's got the he's got the collar off. He he looks freed up. You need one of them healthy. You don't need both of them healthy for 17 games, but you need one of them healthy for each game. Oh, my God. my,
4: My
5: draft strategy is already ready and set for next year. And it's offensive tackle in the first round and then defense the rest of the entire draft. Like you can do it just like you did this year, but I need an offensive tackle.
3: It I hope Mic- there's, there's like one good one.
5: Yeah.
4: I hope the Micah Parsons thing. Like, I think, I think Micah Parsons play on the field will make us forget about Rashawn Slater, but still what I would have done on draft day. I know we've talked about that a million times on this podcast. It's still what I would have done on this day. Um, because I feel like that positions that may be a little more valuable. Now Parsons could change that by being a little bit of everything for them on defense. Like we're kind of expecting. Right. And you know, And another, another thing, Like how much, I thought thought it was funny, like Jalen was named the defensive captain, right? By by Mike McCarthy for this week. Like how much does Jalen play Thursday night? Like what percentage of the defensive snaps does he play? Are we under 25%?
5: This is a bad example. We've already been discussing this out at the Star because they could get blown out early on and he ends up playing this normal amount. If you're telling me it's a tight game all the way through or the Cowboys have a lead, uh... I don't even, I wouldn't, I less than 50%. Well,
4: let's assume that it's, and the the first half line, I think, is Bucks by four and a half. So let's assume, we're talking about a close game okay. at halftime. We've got a close game. Through the third quarter, we've got a close, let's assume it's a close game. How much is he playing? Is he playing one-fourth of the team's defensive snaps?
5: Maybe. I just don't I don't see how you're playing him over Keanu Neal, Micah Parsons, or Lane Esch. I don't see where he fits in there and how many linebackers are you going to have
3: on the field? I think because those three guys are healthy, I I would go under 25%, but that's I'm really reaching there because I don't trust it. Because they'll let him play? <sighs> Yeah, and I mean, I I do think that they're going to run some odd front stuff and have three linebackers on the field as well. I think they want to do that with Micah Parsons a little bit as their primary pass rusher. But I just, I still think they'll find ways to get him on the field.
4: The purpose of this is not to dogpile Jalen. It's to talk legitimate football strategy. Teams are going to find when he's on the field, and once he's on the field, they're going to switch to, to no huddle offenses and things like that. The Cowboys can't sub. That's the problem
3: I have with it is what situation do you put him in on? Because in coverage, every linebacker is better than him. And, you know, in run defense, just from a being in the correct place at the right time standpoint, he's probably worse than everyone except for maybe Count O'Neill because he's kind of new to the position and Jabril Cox just because he's a, a rookie who I still think could get better against the run. But he doesn't flash anywhere high enough for me to put him on the field over any of these guys. And that's to include pass rushing, which I know everybody wants to put him in a box and make him Sam and have him rush. But we haven't seen him be good at that either
4: in the NFL. Let's play a quick game of coaching matchups. Uh, Todd Bowles versus Dan Quinn. Who are you going with?
5: I mean, I probably go Todd Bowles, but I don't think there's like this huge yeah. difference I, between the you, two of them.
4: Oh, you're allowed to. Yeah. You're, Todd Bowles yeah. got the horses <laughs>
2: though. I mean, yeah. it doesn't matter if you don't have the, the pieces, uh, you know, the chess pieces on the board, you know, you can, you know how to play chess all yeah, you want I you mean, look, look at Dan Quinn in,
6: uh, in Seattle, right? I mean, when you have it, you you can you can go that way,
5: and then look at Todd Bowles as the coach of the Jets, like right,
4: you know? exactly, yep. Well, mm-hmm. we we have the horses on offense. Let's go Byron Leftwich against Kellen Moore.
3: Both going to be head coach candidates after this year. All right, yeah,
5: it's, it, it's, it's pretty. And to be honest with you, I think my, it's pretty tough to opinion. evaluate just because neither of them have really coached like a bad offense. Like Byron Leftwich has had Tom Brady, which is a coach out on the field, and then Ooh. Kellen Moore has never had like. Just, I mean, I'll, I'll actually has yes, after Dak went year. down. Yeah. Well,
4: yeah, but and, like, and it
5: didn't look good, obviously. But yeah. I mean, I think, I think, I think both are are good, you know, offensive coordinators that have a chance to be head coaches in the NFL. All
4: right, game management time. Mike McCarthy or Bruce Arians?
6: Yeah, give me Bruce. Oh, Bruce. Give okay. me Bruce.
4: it's time to drain a kick. Ryan Suckup or Gregs. What about what about smashing well, we watermelons? Smashing I bet Bruce could oh,
3: go ham on those watermelons. Are, we, are you sure? I don't know. I don't think Bruce is in good enough shape right now.
2: Yeah, I think I might give Bruce the advantage on the smashing of the watermelons too. I don't know. He was unseen. He did
4: have a walking cane hey, for a little bit yeah, last he, year. He's in, he's
2: had some rough. Help. What about moon? What about moonwalking?
5: We saw Mike, Mike McCarthy he said moonwalk that last week on he Hard said That was, that was his pretty break dance. I guess I don't know. <laughs> I'm, not gonna, I'm not. I wasn't going to argue with him. <laughs>
4: Okay, right. <laughs> do we know that our kicker can actually make a kick? Because it'd be nice to have seen that in the preseason. Like, is Erline good, or what are we doing? Yeah. We're just assuming he's good.
5: Hey, I saw – we're not supposed to be watching practice <laughs> after a certain point, and I saw him kick a field goal. It had to be like – I don't know. It was, it was it was over 35, so we'll, we'll go 40 yards. It was a tough angle from where I was at. And it hit both uprights. I'm like, that's not easy oh. to do and bounced out.
2: Guess who's currently a free
5: agent? Uh, this Kai is your <laughs> baby. Let's go. Let's bring
2: him back. I, I think. I think, Zerline, I think Zerline.
5: I think Zerline. He didn't be, really it, lose his fine. job. I mean, it, he'll probably be rusty to start the season, but I don't know that there's that many. Just like I don't know. Should they have probably looked at kicker a little bit more? Yeah, probably. But they're really leaning on John Fossil, and his John Fossil went to bad for Greg Zerline because of all their time together. So he's going to get the benefit of that out. So, yeah, probably should have been a little bit more competition than just having Hunter nicewinder kick throughout training camp and then in preseason, you know, probably should have another that, another leg in there. Kind of like that year that Brett Meyer beat out Dan Bailey, you know.
4: Yeah, it was weird. Correct me if I'm wrong, Bryce Inger uh, is on the roster now, right? Yeah, he just got That's it. He got, done. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
5: Yeah, Brian Inger, yeah. He just got, he recently got added back on
4: of. You, know, hey, like, hey,
5: you, know, you know I think he got added on now that now that you mention it. I think it's because Zach getting moved to the COVID list, so they didn't have to make like a corresponding move. But yeah, he is. Yeah. He was out there the other day. Yeah.
4: Kind of looks like John Cryer from Two and a Half
5: Men. I've actually never seen him without his helmet on, so I, I, I'm not sure.
4: It was like a cross of John Cryer and Rangers manager Chris Woodward. Just keep an eye on that. Okay. Just keep an eye on that.
5: I'm gonna, I just wrote that down.
4: Uh do we want to do official picks? Uh, is there anything else that we need to get to? I mean, I felt like we've previewed the game to an extent, but if there's any other talking points that I'm missing, I'd love to dive in. Mm. Right.
2: Yeah. Only, only Dak Prescott and his shoulder. Uh, I mean, whether, you know, that's yeah, got I mean be I think it will be for the first uh, few,
5: first few series. I don't think anything. it's going to be an all game thing. I really don't. And one of the reasons is I just think CD lamb and Amari Cooper are like two of the most quarterback friendly receivers, Going back to when Amari got traded, middle of the season, him and Dak were fine. CD, I feel like, has played with 15 different quarterbacks in the last five years of his life, and it seems like all of them look good, whether it was at Oklahoma, whether it was his senior year of high school, whether it's, you know, anybody last year. Um, So having those two obviously help. And then Dak's familiar with everybody. I mean, he's familiar with most of his offensive line. He's obviously familiar with Zeke and Tony Pollard and Dalton Schultz and Blake Jarwin and Michael Gallup. Like, he might have some rust early on, but... There's not a lot of new pieces over there. Like these are guys that, you know, one, he, that he was thrown with this offseason at his house. I mean, these are guys that he's been around. So there isn't really a new piece that they're working in. So, yeah, I mean, I just think it's natural that there's going to be rust. I mean, I don't know. And I'm not a guy either that thinks, oh, one preseason one preseason series would have fixed all of this. Like, I don't, I mean, I still think there could have been some rust. Um, the thing for me I want to see is just how he is after. After a big hit, because I think he's going to get hit pretty early, not necessarily a sack Mm -hmm. or on a run, but maybe he just gets rid of the ball and he just takes a shot from a a Vita Bay or somebody like that. You know, and I'm sure, you know, he's not going to admit it, but I'm sure he's looking forward to that, too. You know, just taking that hit and then getting back up and getting right back in there, because, I mean, as most of you guys know that, you know, in these practices, Randy Gregory wins on a speed rush. He doesn't touch Dak Prescott. He runs right by him. Micah Parsons speed rush runs right by Dak. Nobody's touching him at all. And then not playing in the preseason, nobody's touching him. So this will be the first time he gets hit since the hit that knocked him out of that Giants game. So there still is a part of that that we thought was going to happen in the preseason and that didn't. And obviously going against this defensive front seven, that's going to happen. It's probably going to happen pretty early. He's not going to get through this game with a clean jersey. So I kind of want to just see how he responds from that. But I mean, he's also built like a linebacker. I I think he's going to be okay.
6: Yeah. And going back, I know John has kind of like said this half laughing, but I do I would like to see Kellen Moore just kind of dial up a play-action deep shot, whether it's the first or second play of the game, you know, flea flicker, whatever the case may be. You know, Dak, whether Dak's arm should be fine—that's what we're hearing. Like, just let him cut loose early on. Um, it gets, it, you know, especially if Zach Martin's not playing, which he, sh- which he probably won't. Like, you know, it's going to settle everything down, test Dak's arm out. That's one thing that I would like to see early on.
2: I say you go they, deep shot to Michael Gallup, yeah. like first or second play, because they're not going to think Dak's going to be going deep yeah. early on in the game. You catch him off guard. Those two and have such he he a, a deep shot on those
3: downfield pass attempts. I, I think that they are really going to try to attack there with Michael Gallup early in the game just to show the defense that, yeah, his arm is back to 100%. I also think, John, you bringing it up, him getting hit is, is huge because we haven't seen him get hit. And I think we need to see him get hit. And I think he needs to get hit because a lot of times with these contact injuries like he did, and his was a little bit different because he wasn't in the pocket for it. But we saw Joe Burrow really struggle early in camp and in the preseason because he really hadn't been hit. And it's going to take him some time to get back used to it. Dak's a little bit different because he's always kind of thrived off that contact. I mean, even as a runner, he always did that. But I think seeing him get hit a couple times and get back up and pop up and, and get back into the action, I think, is going to be big for everybody.
5: I just wonder <laughs> with a guy that's had a, like an injury like that, like you actually like look down on the field and you see your ankle and the way your foot is pointed. And then on top of it, like it's one thing if you did that like in, at a rec league you never have to watch it again. He has to watch it all the time. It's on TV. Yeah. You know, there's just replay after replay. Because yeah. I was watching the Notre Dame-Florida State game on Sunday night, and Florida State has this Mackenzie Milton who transferred from UCF who had a yep. major knee knee issue. That was
4: terrible, yeah. But yep. it was
5: interesting to hear him say after the game that, like, he was really, like, uh, excited after he took the first hit when he got in there to just know that, hey, I'm good, I can get up, and everything's fine. Yep. And so that's generally something that you're not going to ever hear from a player before. And yeah. we might hear that from Dak after the game where it's like, yeah, you know, I obviously wasn't going to say that before, but I kind of wanted to get one just to kind of get me back into things like, hey, here we go. Uh, you know, maybe, yeah. well, maybe get, maybe get hit also, by Dominic and Sue.
3: Yeah. He's also built different too. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's other guys that might try to slam their ankle off the turf. after right, that's true. After having that happen, but it would yeah. be out of, of a freak thing. Like they would just freak out and do it. I don't think he was freaking out when it happened. I think he was just trying to get back on the field. He's yeah. just built different.
4: Oh yeah, and also when you guys talk about getting hit, I think it's as simple as too just like running and sliding, like because they still need him to be a threat with his legs. It'll help everything and so we much. No, Jerry is terrified of that. Yeah, yeah. and the, and we don't have to. it doesn't have to be as much as it was, but it still needs to be a thing, especially in the oh. red zone, it needs especially to be a for thing him. To show. I I,
5: I think, I mean, as good as he is, like, I think that that takes out an important element of his game if he can't. And I'm not saying you got to run him five times a game, seven times a game. I'm not saying you have to run him 15 times a game like he's at Mississippi State, but you have to, he has to be able to get outside the pocket and do some of those things because that's what makes Dak Dak. Like that's a a part of his game. Like, I mean, he's obviously better in the pocket now than he was, you know, 2016, but like, he still needs that and, and 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 just from it, you know, being around him, he still wants to be able to do that stuff. He doesn't want to just sit there and only throw from the pocket. I mean, that's one of the great things that he brings. So that's going to happen. Like he's going to run. It makes me wonder though, and, and now that you brought it up, Katie, that uh, makes me wish I would have asked him the other day. Like, have, is there any way that you have worked on sliding? Like, is it some like where would you do that at? Like, we obviously yeah. aren't seeing that in Oxnard. We're not seeing that. You know, since the teams are back here, but it's got to be something that he has to be working on because they can't have him. I'm fine with him running. I just don't. He doesn't need to be fighting for an extra two or three yards like that with a guy. On, just go down. It's it's just not worth it.
4: I mean, well, I would so read a full article on the idea of quarterback sliding, though, because it's something that we maybe don't talk about enough. Like it's not just some natural thing to do. Like, I mean, unless, he's you in, you played,
3: unless you played baseball, like seriously, yeah. like Kyler Murray it's re- or, or Russell Wilson, well, it really isn't a natural movement. And honestly, I, I hate it. I, I would rather see a quarterback initiate the, the not slide, but like that sideways slide or the dive forward. But yeah. but fall down kind of like a receiver does every once in a while. That's how quarterbacks should go down because you're able to dictate where that contact comes from. Instead of sliding, you're at the will of uh, a defender who's coming in, probably going to hit you in the chin if he hits you. Yeah, yeah. Like, hey,
5: like Andy Dalton last year against Washington.
3: Huh?
6: Yeah, but a lot of quarterbacks work with the with the local major league baseball teams to to also get the slide down. Like I, I've definitely heard of a lot of quarterbacks doing that. So that's probably the best way to go about it.
5: Yeah, so he's just—you think he's just going up to the Rangers ballpark? He's a, he might have, you know. He's been he, going to a lot of
4: Ranger games yeah, this year to watch yeah. that bad team. Yeah, he's like, oh, is that game? and they're in last place, but I'm here to support. I always yeah. love that.
5: You can you uh, can just do it before the game. Well, aren't there going to be people there? No, no, just do it out there. Nobody will be. <laughs> nobody will see you. Promise.
4: If you're going to slide too, don't slide in the middle of the field tomorrow night. D- make it to where uh, Sue can't get to you because Sue will definitely land on your head if he can. Like he is fine with it. It doesn't affect
3: him at all. He won't lose <laughs> any sleep over it. I don't so know though. Sure. Have you been following him on Twitter recently? Those are some really introspective threads he's putting out there. He might, oh no, yeah. Tell me more. Oh yeah, big time. You know, philosophical dude talking about you know going through and talking about all the rich people that he's talked to. And I mean, he really gets down deep into the into the the weeds there. I'm surprised you haven't checked that out, KT. You said it's a Twitter uh, thread. Yeah, he does it. I know of he. Details. I know when he was like,
5: with Detroit.
3: I I know when he was with the show, he he was real
5: tight with Warren Buffett because of the Nebraska connection, and he was crazy on the field. Real dangerous at times. Still is dangerous. And I like the Lions, and I would be like, oh, I don't know about that one, Sue. Seemed pretty (laughs) dirty.
4: Yeah, I did. I mean, one time, I just remember again it's on national TV. I mean, he's done this to many people, but I remember he he had Aaron Rodgers' leg, and he's just twisting it, and it's like, oh, oh, man. That one, and then –
5: then there it's was that the one, open, I think it was Matt Schaub, where he just, I mean, blatantly kicked him in the crotch with oh, his yeah. like <laughs> yeah, There mean, was some bad, dude, there were some bad. real questionable uh-huh. calls there.
4: That guy does not care. Oh,
5: But maybe All now right, that we'll he's th- got a Super Bowl ring, he's he's changed, as Dalton yeah. pointed out. And he's Andy's old. Yeah, he's turned the corner.
4: He's old, yeah. Uh, let's do our uh, picks. Let's start with our guest this week, Dalton. Dalton, you will get the first uh, run at this thing. Give us a score as well, sir.
3: Listen, there's absolutely no reason the Dallas Cowboys should win this football game. But my gut this entire time since this schedule released was that they were going to somehow win this football game. And you know what? I'm going to stick to it. They win this one. They're going to lose in L.A. I mean, that's just a total letdown game after beating the defending Super Bowl champs. Um, It is going to be 34 to 31 with a Greg Zerline field goal to win it. From how deep? 47 yards.
5: 47, and it bounces off both uprights but goes <laughs> no, in. No, no,
3: it's only going to hit one upright. It's going to okay. hit the right upright
4: and, <laughs> okay. then,
3: and then go in. It's just going to be a little glance, too.
4: The old double-donger. Uh, Saad?
6: Yeah, I'm not I'm not that optimistic. I'm going to go 34-28, Tampa Bay wins, and that's, that's really uh, the score is closer than what the game will be. It'll be like, you know, at the end you score a touchdown. It'll be 34-21, score a touchdown, make it 34-28, so...
4: I mean, they covered.
6: Uh, yeah. The, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Backdoor back cover, back door baby. Cover. <laughs>
4: um, I'll jump in here before we get to Kent and John. I'm going Tampa Bay. Uh, I didn't think too much about a score, so I, I apologize. I do think the Cowboys score some points. Three touchdowns I think they will have. So uh, I'm going to go with uh, 23, though. They're going to get to 23. There's going to be a missed extra point situation. But it's going to be a made field goal, so it's going to be twenty three <laughs> for the Cowboys. 34 like the, Cowboys for the bucks. Yeah. You 34, put some thought into this. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> thirty four, twenty three. Over to Kent.
2: I think just I think the Cowboys uh, barely cover, and
5: it's uh, it's twenty eight, twenty one, Tampa. John. It oh, uh, I mean, it I, And off. I think I'm being kind, but I'm going to go thirty one, twenty bucks. But I could see it being thirty-five seventeen, thirty-five ten.
3: There's not many places. Wow. Mm-hmm. There, yeah, this not defense is not good. The Cowboys are better. I mean,
2: the, the yeah. weapons the Bucks have. <laughs> yeah, the weapons the Bucks have. I mean I wanna look out for Robert Gronkowski in this yeah. game too. <laughs> and uh covering linebackers and I mean, covering tight ends in space is, is uh Tom Brady's gonna love that love that the Cowboys inability to do that, uh and I mean, Michael Parsons might make a difference. We'll see the, there, but uh, well, the thing yeah, is, ahead,
4: KG, I, I think I think Dalton's wildcard pick too. I mean, we were all going to pick Tampa Bay. Anything goes on opening night, all that stuff. You know, week one's always the hardest slate of NFL games to pick, not,
3: and not, it doesn't even make sense to me. It, I don't even understand why I've had this feeling the entire time because, like, I can look at it objectively and say the Bucks are the way better team and they should win this by ten to you know fourteen points probably. But my body, this entire time, has been telling me that the Dallas Cowboys are somehow going to win this game. So I figured I had to stick with it, even if my head definitely doesn't believe it.
4: Well, while we're still here, I want to do one final thing uh, before we get out of here. What is the other Week One NFL game that you're looking forward to the most? The game that's not the Cowboys. There's a lot of good ones. Oh,
6: for for. <laughs> Jags, Texas. I mean,
4: kind
3: of, honestly, kind, kind of want to see. It's going to be such a disaster too. That will be a fun game to watch. Is that even televised? Or Are they just I'll not televising that? For me, it's really <laughs> just,
6: easy. Like I, I know there's a lot of good games, but for me, it's Packers Saints, three twenty-five, pissed off Aaron Rodgers, Jameis Winston, Sean Payton. Like that's that's easily the one for me.
5: Hundred percent. I'm I'm exactly there with you. Famous Jameis out there slinging it.
4: Yeah, Let's go. But so Saad picked that game, so you have to pick another one, John.
5: Oh. Sorry. Oh well, Lions forty nine. No, uh, let me see. Let
3: me see. Let me see. Let me see. I, I, mean, see. Me see. Down, down. Wait. I have down. my answer. I have my answer. So, so John can't steal mine. It's Okay, cheese. go. Browns, cheese. Oh, that'd be fun. Yeah. yeah, I think two of the that'd best. Be two of
2: the best five teams in the league. I'm going with. Uh, I'm going with Bears. Ooh, the old Rams. Stafford. Because uh, the Justin Fields storyline I'll be following all season. I'm fascinated to see what happens there, and of course. The Rams, my Super Bowl. I'll did you say like.
6: I'll predict John's. I'm gonna say he's looking forward to Patriots Dolphins.
5: No, I was actually say Kansas City against Cleveland. Uh You guys didn't say it, did you?
3: I did. Yeah, no, I stole it from you. Sorry. Damn it! I I I'm not paying would, attention so. here.
5: Uh, well then, yeah, then I mean, you guys have just totally <laughs> taken me out the, at the legs. You've bit out. You've bitten hey, my kneecaps. Mac Jones. So. No. If
4: you don't pick one, I'm going to steal it. it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm
5: going Lions 49ers. I just want to see if okay. this kneecap biting.
4: Dude, I am fascinated by San Francisco running out a double quarterback situation. And this would be the because place to do it. it's never worked before. And if anyone can pull it off, it's that roster and it's that coach. I'm like, I do not want the 49ers to do good. Trust me. But I am fascinated by them pulling that off. And I love Trey Lance. So... I think it's going to be fun. My game, I think it's an underrated game people aren't paying enough attention to this weekend. I believe it got a noon start time. Steelers and Bills are going to be kind of fun. That Steelers offense is going to put up some points, even though their offensive line is terrible. But Steelers-Bills, I think, will be fun. So, there's that. And keep in mind, look, we talked about the, the Bucks and the Chargers. We're going to get to a point in this world where we're playing the Eagles and the Giants And the Panthers kind of right. So, hang in there, Cows fans. It's going to be okay if it doesn't start off great this year. We'll find out.
5: Oh, being in Uh, a trash bag division just keeps the hope going.
3: Oh, my God. Second easiest schedule in the NFL,
4: according to (laughs) Las Vegas. How could you not be hopeful? This is a team that we've had twice in the last five years have gone you know what they could win the division at six and ten like we've actually had those conversations because the division was so awful yeah so well, it's gonna hey. have to,
5: it's gonna have to be six and eleven now
4: oh god right, just, just you know don't make it odd eight eight and you one know, if you're that obsessed with it just do an 18th game and that's I, not fair just keep I completely keep it at 16. Agree. But don't make the thing, you know, and I, by the way, the numbers thing, I actually agree with Tom Brady. It looks weird. It looks weird. I don't like it. Oh,
5: he's not going like to He's not gonna have any trouble at all finding nine.
4: <laughs> no. Oh. When he throws the ball out. What about six and seven, though?
5: He's not going to have much trouble oh, with
4: anything, really. <laughs> just nine. Just You're going to leave it at just nine? I
5: just keep going oh. back to that game in, in Chicago, that Thursday night game couple years ago where they literally just went right down the field and uh and then i I don't know if jalen was mic'd up or somebody was mic'd up but jalen you could hear him yelling to the ref like ask him why they keep trying me (laughs) ask him why they keep trying me because they literally were targeting Miller down the field it's like uh because they're having success doing this like
3: uh is anybody else getting this i don't know and that's the thing with, with Jalen, right? It's Jeez. not even as much as play as it is just the complete and total lack of self-awareness. That, like, that's, well, that's why he it gets so much crap.
4: His contract's fascinating, too. I mean, I didn't know about the injury stuff in his contract uh, and finding out about that. I mean, the, dude, the Cowboys have incentives to not let him play now. Because if he gets hurt, they're stuck with his money. So, like... Like a, a severe injury for Jalen kills them.
5: But aren't you worried though Obviously, that they part ways and he goes to another team and has success?
4: <laughs> Man, I'm gonna. We just need to. We just need the to most get sarcasm out of I've here. Ever heard we just out need of to get out of here, don't we? Hey, happy NFL kickoff, everyone! Yeah. You know, you know, have everyone. Everyone have fun Thursday night. Watch your Ed Sheeran. You know, you know, have a order a pizza. You know, do whatever you do. You know, you just enjoy the night. No matter who's playing linebacker. For our guest, Dalton Miller. Hey. Oh, by the way, by the way, we're going to have something up for you on Friday morning. Uh, we will have a, a post game recap episode of some sort. I don't know what the cast and crew will look like at that time. Uh, John, are you traveling to Tampa Bay?
5: I am, I am. Uh, You're allowed to travel this year, I right? am. I'm going to be in the pirate ship, so I'm really excited about oh, this.
0: Right.
4: He's
5: going to hang shoot some cannons ship. off, and see what happens.
4: I would kill. It would never happen because he's responsible, but I would kill to have John just ripping a beer bong uh, right before <laughs> the game.
5: In the pirate ship? Yeah.
4: Yeah, just I'll see what I can swinging, do. A, swinging a Jalen jersey around your head like a helicopter national TV. That's what, that's my dream. It's not what'll happen. And I'll just have to accept that the consolation prize, which is your great article after the game, that's the consolation prize. So um, for our special guest, Dalton Miller this week, uh, for Saad Youssef, for father, John Bishota, for the producer of producers, our man, Kent Garrison, I'm KT happy NFL. Everyone. We'll see you next time on about them. Cowboys.
1: Why not just start the day fucking it up?